Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 173 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Natty Leach. Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that? Still January, it counts, right? It's still January, and it is our first show of 2023. In some ways, we've barely been back, and in other ways, the semester is in full swing. There is so much to get ready for. There is so much to think about. Let's just hit the ground running. Natty, this episode's airing on Monday. What's happening on Friday? On Friday is the spring career and internship fair. It's a really cool event because it has... It's probably the broadest fair, broadest kind of employer event that we do all year. Um, there's employers from all over industry-wise. There's a lot of nonprofits, a lot of government, a lot of finance, a lot of consulting. Um, there's some entertainment. Um, there's some real estate. I'm just naming off the top of my head, but there's all sorts of people come research, um, healthcare. There's some intersectional things like healthcare investments. Um, there, there's some really good stuff. I'm I'm really proud about it. A uh, journalism, the the Philly Inquirer will be there. Yep. Um, a lot of great people coming to the fair, and I just think it's one of the those cool events where you can actually explore a lot of different things. Even if you had one thing in mind, you might stumble across something else that could be really cool. It's a great potpourri of an event. We were just talking the other day. We're ex- we're both excited that the uh, director's trainee program is coming yep. from the director's union so yeah it really is there's something for everybody come on down and check it out you could have something very specific in mind you could just want to come see what it's all about uh it will be in houston hall it's a big fair so we'll be in both the hall of flags and in bodek lounge so the two big rooms on either end of that building you can come check in at either one of those rooms and uh, high five your friends in the middle while you switch yeah that's right and then and then swap over to the next room uh will be there it's going to be a great event uh and it's just the first of a bunch of career fairs that we have coming up this semester yeah this is the big broad one but we'll have some more specialized ones there's the the stem specific fair um that'll be coming up a couple weeks after that one um there's also a design fair there is there's some consortium fairs that we do along with our partners uh our ivy plus partners um, the one in particular that stands out to me is there's a just-in-time fair that is intentionally much later than the other fair, yep. so it can capture um, people who are still looking for something and employers and, who still uh, need some help. And industries that are, that recruit later. Yeah, yeah. Be, uh, I mean, tradi- we talk about it all the time, but traditionally it was pretty normal that people would find something. I was looking at the summer data today. Just there was, I mean, this was a little bit older. Again, a plug to let us know what you're doing over the summer so we have up to date data. But from 2019, I mean, a pretty good majority of people were finding their summer internship between the months of February and May. Yeah. Um, so th- there's just a, a whole lot going on right now and lots of employers out there. Um, the one scary thing that, that we know is stressful, um, especially for sophomores, a lot of my appointments lately have been with sophomores who are both looking for something this upcoming summer, which will certainly be present at all the fairs um, and through different events going on in Handshake. But there's going to be recruiting too for early recruitment for summer 2024. Um, and that can be 
really stressful just having to do both of those at the same time when you have to figure out this upcoming this this most recent upcoming summer as well as next summer so it's it's a lot to juggle but one of the good things is that the the employers are here to be able to share the information about what that process is like so you can better picture it and understand what you'll need to do um, over the next few weeks or months as those applications um, become more available it is the biggest change i've seen in career services in my many years here uh, to see those deadlines move back up, how, however you want to describe it, just to get uh, students have to be aware so much sooner than they used to be. And it forces you to make a decision so much sooner than you, you used to have to. And uh, we recognize that that is an incredible stressor. We have tried for many years to work with the industries that are doing that early recruiting uh, to make them uh, see what a stressor that is. But unfortunately... They have their own reasons for doing it that work for them, and so uh, we unfortunately have to, you know, work in that space. So, uh, if it is something that stresses you out, you can certainly come talk to us about it. You can certainly talk to other places on campus, Penn Wellness, or just a place where you feel safe talking about things, a cultural center or um, a support group that you're in. Uh, there's, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> Everybody's feeling it, and. Uh, I think it's also important to say sometimes it's okay not to make a decision to say I'm not ready to make this decision yeah. and you have to say I'm going to let this one go I'm going to uh, let this one fly by the entire reason they're pushing it up is to to pressure people to make early decisions and sometimes that's really beneficial to you it might feel good if you've gone through this yeah. early and know I don't hey, have to I'm worry set. anything yeah. I'm set uh, I think there's a real positive there but the downside that we've talked about many times is just the idea that it gives you less opportunity to explore other things that you might be interested in. Um, and so it can feel kind of scary, but it's, there's still so much out there. We were just talking at the top of the, the top of the pod about how there's so many things going on right now for this upcoming summer. There'll be more things later too. Um, and, and finance and consulting are really specific, especially the biggest employers within finance and consulting are going to be pushing for the early recruitment. Um, but there'll be lots of employment opportunities and internship opportunities in other industries and across um, all sorts of different areas as we go through the, the, the next year moving into summer 2024. And I want to put just circle back just, just a half step because we should also mention that at the end of all this, there's also a virtual fair. There is, yeah. And that's one of the the good things, I think, that came out of the um, no one really being on campus a couple of years ago um, is we've gotten really good at virtual fairs. I think that has opened up and even more, like broadened even more the the types of employers, the geographic diversity of employers that come to that fair um, is even more expanded than in the past. And um, the virtual fair, I think it's also a good change of pace for some people. Um, sometimes the fair environment itself can feel a little bit overwhelming just when you're shoulder to shoulder, if it ends up being really packed or you have to wait in line for one of the big top employers um, that might be at a fair. Um, the virtual fair helps calm that down a little bit. You you can sign up in advance to for a 10-minute session. You kind of have your own. It feels a little bit more more private, more more tailored for you than feeling like you might have the pressure of, oh, you know there's a line of people right behind you and you're trying to get through things really quickly um, in the atmosphere of an in-person fair. Yeah, I have been um, a big fan of the virtual fairs. I think they've really come together nicely. Mm -hmm. And uh, the nice thing, so we were, uh, you know, we talked about it in the fall. We were really 
over the moon about how well our in-person fairs went. First one since uh, since very early in 2020. Uh, we weren't sure if the employers would come back. They came back in droves. The students came back in droves. Really record attendance at all those fairs. So that's all great. Um, but we still have the virtual option, and we're able to provide that. You know, I know Natty had an employer today that was like, oh, I want to come to your fair, but I missed the cutoff. So we have space for those folks in, a vir- in the virtual space. So uh, it's great. We're so happy to be able to provide that to, um, to our student population. Yeah, I mean, why why not have both? It's why just not have a, it's both. a great it's option. Great. Um, there's definite pros to cons to both. Like I mentioned earlier, just the idea, like the atmosphere of a career fair, can also be energizing. Um, yeah. When you go and you can see people who are excited to talk to you because they kind of see the potential in working with you in the future, and that can be really fun, even if it's for an employer that you don't know a lot about, and then you end up learning this whole new area or this whole new area and start to visualize how you could see yourself in in a, in a as an intern there or in a future career in that that field. Yeah, and by the same token, that could be exhausting. So, yes. <laughs> so being able to say, I'm going to schedule my day at the virtual fair. I'm going to do a 10 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to do a 12:15, and then I'm going to do a three o'clock. And those are the folks I want to talk to. And I know it going in, and I can have 20 minutes on either end to focus. It's great. Absolutely. And for the for the virtual fair, I think the the big difference is you can't do it yet, but I think the date is February 17th yeah, is when it opens it's up. February, yeah. Um, that that date is when you can start to sign up. So, the, for the our in person fairs. You don't have to register. You can just show up. We don't care at all. Um, all you do is tap your pen card and in you go. Um, we, we print a little name badge for you and then you can go in and say hi to people. Um, for the virtual fair, there's a little bit of extra prep work because you have to secure that yeah. that one-on-one slot with someone ahead of time. Um, so it is a little bit more important that you're on top of um, registering and checking out the fair when it opens um, so that you can sign up for an employer that, that you're really interested in. So what else is happening here at the start of the semester? What should we be thinking about? Uh, I've been excited to see our PCAs back in the library. Yeah, they're back. They have appointments in Handshake, so feel free to either uh, swing by for a pop-in or schedule one in advance on Handshake. Um, they'll have lots of availability throughout the the year, both in our career services um, suite at, at McNeil, but also... Uh, online. Some of them are, are hosting a few appointments on their own outside of normal office hours. If that's more convenient for you to meet with someone um, after I've seen some of them put in for like six or seven sometimes. So if that helps a little bit after the normal class rush, um, there'll be a little bit of availability for that from time to time too. Um, just a good change of pace so that we can still meet you even when the doors are closed because it's the end of the, the office hours. Um, in addition to the career fair, there's lots of info sessions and events to be aware of in Handshake um, and workshops. I mean, there's, there's so many. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do some early plugging because uh, I I'm leading a whole uh, group of workshops in conjunction with our partners over at the library and the Education Commons as part of the uh, Hostly Digital Fellowship Program. If that's a program that you're not familiar with. It's open to undergrads. I believe it's open to rising juniors and seniors. Uh, the application always opens up at the end of the spring semester and is a chance uh, for you to develop digital literacy skills. What does that mean? Uh, it means, uh, you know, 
everybody knows uh, about a computer. They know how to use their phone, right? But do they know why those things work? And can they really leverage how those things work? So um, it's a year-long fellowship program. It's run out of uh, the library and the education commons uh, over in Franklin Field. Uh, and you will get the opportunity to explore a wide range of uh, digital avenues from things like music and podcast production, video production, 3D printing, um, 3D uh, virtual spaces. AI? Uh, AI, yes. Uh, computer building, actual, you know, like computer assembly. Um, all, all sorts of things. Uh, there is, they have so many cool toys in the education commons and in the Vitaly Media Lab at Van Pelt. You have access to all of that. You have access to all the software and you have access to mentors who will teach you how to use all of it. And in the second half of the year, you get to make a project. So I know one of the students is interested in making some 3D printed masks. I'm really excited about that. Cool. Uh, uh, someone else was interested in making a podcast. Someone else was interested in some digital music. So all of these things are open to you. Um, and as part of that, there's some career development stuff, and that's where I come in. And so we're going to be doing some uh, parallel stuff that is uh, required for the Hosley Fellows, but it's going to be open to everybody. So what are we going to do? So Natty and I, we're going to do together uh, a transferable skills workshop in February, February 28th, I believe. And uh, what are we going to talk about in that? Well, transferable skills. Some people call them portable skills because you can take them with you wherever you go. Um, It's one of the things that I think is most important in the work that we do in highlighting because it, it transcends the idea that, oh, I... I am qualified to work in this one field. Right. Um, and it really goes beyond to say, no, you have lots of really valuable skills that are going to benefit you across a number of different job functions, a number of different industries. Um, but the importance is how do you identify and how do you leverage those skills? Exactly. It's all about, you know, certainly from the undergraduate perspective, how do I sort of take my entire pen experience and market that on a, on a resume? What can I identify from my classwork? from my extracurriculars, from any work experience I have as skills that I bring to the table, right? Because I, I think we talk a lot of times um, about, well, for example, I was a theater major. What is that, you know, uh, so I can go get a job in the theater? Well, no, look, think about all the things that you learned, you know, in the theater that could be applicable elsewhere. Think about all the things you did as a member of the sprint football team that are applicable to other things, you know, leadership, management, all these things. So we're going to talk about all of that. So come on out to that. I just opened up the registration um, on Handshake the other day. So that's out there. Uh, Then in March, um, our colleague uh, Joseph Barber and I are going to do the digital presence in your job search. It's something he and I have done a couple of times. Joseph, if you don't know, is a LinkedIn master. And he is very wise in the way of thinking about your digital footprint in terms of your job search. So it's looking at it from not only like, what do people see when they look for me online, like the good and the bad, right? I think we're at a period in time where everyone who's on the job market has grown up with having a digital footprint. So I do a lot less talking about like, hey, maybe... (laughs) Don't put those drunken photos up online. Still worth mentioning, but you know, for the most part, I think people are pretty 
privacy savvy at this point. <clears throat> but we always look at it now from how are we how do we leverage this? Like how do we phrase things just so on our LinkedIn profile? How can I have a digital presence? Should I have a website? If I'm on uh, social media platforms like uh, Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, are there ways that I could be leveraging those platforms for my job search? And the, you know, the answer is yes, of, of course. course. So he and I are going to be talking about that. And then in April, uh, I'm going to be doing my world-famous improv for interviewing workshop. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was developed out of feedback we got from employers and uh, folks who were conducting fellowship interviews that Penn students had a tendency to stick to a script or not be able to get out of their head in an interview and not be able to talk about the, those transferable yeah. skills. They could say, here's what I studied, but they couldn't make a connection to whatever they were interviewing for. So... Um, I thought, well, boy, this is uh, something we talk about in acting school, <laughs> getting out of your head and being able to be nimble. So uh, it's a really fun workshop. We play a whole bunch of theater games that sort of help you be quick on your feet and not stick to a script and just be in the moment and listen very carefully to what your partner is saying and responding in the moment to and it. Identify how those are transferable to exactly. the And space. then we talk about how that applies to when you're in an interview and just trying to remember that you know, for the most part, there's no right or wrong answer in a review, particularly when they're just asking you personal questions. If somebody says, what's your favorite movie? Men like, in Black. Like, don't freeze up, right? Like, there's no, if you say Men in Black, that's not going to cost you the job. I mean, probably, right? <laughs> so, um, so I look forward to that. That one's uh, all the way in April. All three of those are in Handshake. They're also on the library can calendar. So... Uh, check it out. Plus, I know that all of our colleagues are, uh, are are lining up a full semester of great programming. So you can look on the Career Services website. You can look in Handshake. Um, those things are, are rolling out now. Yeah, we, we have tons of stuff for you, but employers do too. There'll be lots of those info sessions that are maybe related to the fairs coming up, or there may be employers who, rather than coming to a specific fair, might instead do an info session um, posted in Handshake to let students know about what their upcoming applications are going to look like. And that's another thing. Uh, keep an eye, because some of those are virtual, and some of them are back on campus. And uh, we got a report last week that the first couple of the semester have been more than standing room only, just overflow um, in the spaces. So that's that's exciting for those employers. Yeah, but uh, know if it's on campus, you might want to you might want to be the first one there to make sure you're snagging a seat. Get a cozy seat with popcorn. Don't bring popcorn. Don't bring popcorn. But sometimes the employers bring snacks. pocket popcorn. Little. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my new my new endeavor. It's just like a little thing of microwave popcorn. Your pocket gets so hot, it mm. pops in your pocket, and then you got a little snack. That's even better than I was thinking. See? Always thinking. I'm always pitching. <laughs> Sam. Yes, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sam, we uh, we want to hear uh, what you're up to, because we know you're a working man now. What I'm up to? I'm thriving. Oh, I'm I love to hear good, it. Thriving at life. Penn. Isn't that a yeah. wasn't there a campaign thriving at Penn recently? <laughs> yes, tap. That's right. It's the yeah. it's the pre it's the pre orientation program. Okay, thrive at Penn. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, that is a thing. Yes, but my thriving has been different than that. Just enjoying classes, enjoying life. Second semester, junior year, 
taking five and a half credits. One of those it's a lot, isn't it? That seems it like a is, lot. It is. It is, but it's not. It's a it's a full regular schedule. One of those half credits is actually a spring break trip through Wharton, where you go to see entertainment studios. Nice. So you go to see all the entertainment production one. studios. <sighs> the LA one. I got off the wait list. All Ooh, right, even I'm better. That so it should be very fun. No Cancun for me. The boys going without me. Ah, uh, but I will be in Sam, LA. Sam, I'll come to LA for you with spring break. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll go to Cancun without you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> so that is one half credit. Then I am also doing an internship with Allied Global Marketing through communications as a communications major at Annenberg. They let you replace one of your high-level courses. You have to take a 400 or 300-level course for the major. You can swap that out with a seminar and an internship. So that's now, um, you, you know how rare that is at Penn. That is a real perk of mm-hmm. the communications program. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And it makes sense that they do that because so many of those internships will often require credit. So that ends mm-hmm. up helping satisfy that requirement. You don't have to. Like There are other things at Penn. We get questions all the time, especially probably coming up in the next month or so about, hey, I found this internship I'm really interested in, but they, they say it requires credit. Um, another option that's available that often satisfies that for employers is letting, um, especially if you're a college student, letting them know that you can get a designation on your transcript to say that you were taking an internship at this time. It's not officially credit, but sometimes that's enough for the employer to say, okay, great, this is an integrated part of your education. Um, but but that's great that you're doing that through uh, communications. You have that seminar attached to it, adding kind of an extra element to it. It's, it's, it's a cool. lot of hours for sure. It's yeah, a I'm lot of sure. hours. What, two what, hours. What sort of things do they have you doing? So in the internship, Monday, Monday, Wednesdays, 10 to 4, I take the SEPTA or scooter over to One Commerce Square yeah. for Allied Global Marketing. So they are a marketing company. They work with a lot of major movie studios. The account I'm working under is Lionsgate. Netflix, and I think also Paramount. We've mainly been Lionsgate and Netflix right now, but they they interact with even like the Philadelphia Flower Show is part of the whole company. It's pretty collaborative. It's only a 10-person office, and it's right now a lot of finding influencers, creating various activations, and thinking of different ideas for those. You know, how do you promote, how do you reach out locally in the Philadelphia area to get people to go to screenings, for college campus screenings as well? What are the clubs? Who do you reach out to? Who are the influencers? that the most important. So researching a lot, there's some master databases that they give me to figure out who, who to contact. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And the big reason I wanted to do it was to have that in-person office experience. A lot of my resume has been virtual. Unfortunately, COVID being the COVID senior, a lot of the stuff I've done has been remote, been through Zoom. This is great to be in the office. And there's actually another Penn student actually doing as well. They hired another one for my t- same time slot. So you have someone else to kind of collaborate with and share that perspective with. And it's really real low key. They gave us a lobster mac and cheese on Wednesday. They bribed us there from Continental. It's very good office provided lunch there. Um, But yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And then in the seminar, that's actually also Wednesdays, 5.15 to 7.15. So just a lot of hours. But it's only like every other week. She's pretty low key about in terms of actually enforcing like the mandatory meetings. But we do work on a research paper. It kind of culminates in terms of what what are you looking at with your company and what does that mean in terms of networking or the workplace culture. And we do various readings, listen to podcasts and meet with her one on one to figure out what what communication skills are you using and building in this actual workplace environment. So it's only four or five people that are actually doing it right now. So I'm really lucky to be able to have this opportunity and it's a lot of fun. That sounds great. It really sounds like so much fun. Oh yeah. Well now, now I've, I've been thinking about 
influencers from Penn, we occasionally stumble across some people that we mm-hmm. see online that are yeah, Penn absolutely. students recommending yeah. things or like going through a day in the life. Um, but I never really thought about how that might be like almost a local celebrity to the Penn community. I don't know why that didn't occur to me. It, I was mostly thinking of it more outside, like right. people being able to see what it's like, um, what what Penn is like, who maybe like a prospective prospective student or a parent or something like that. Um, but I didn't even think about it from the internal perspective. I'm sure there's lots of people, right, who have pretty wide networks that can can help bring people to an event or something on campus. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the internship. Otherwise, it's taken. Three other classes, one other communications course. Um, it was a follow-up from actually a professor I took last semester. And then just also just about communications and research, taking anthropology, sex and human nature. Very okay. interesting. Very graphic, though. A lot of, a lot of biology standpoints. And NSFW. Yes. So that's been, that's been fun. Uh, and then also, what am I taking? Oh, uh, Python for data science as well. Monty Python? For data science. For data science. I would take that course. I would take that too. I took Python in undergrad and I wish it were that. Yeah. I only uh, I only dabbled in Python at the very end of my I took I took one computer science course and it was mostly C plus plus. I did okay, but I feel like I'm not great at languages. I had a similar experience to when I took Japanese as to when I took Python, where at the beginning, everything was great. It was like, I'm, I'm learning <laughs> different characters, a, I'm lo- yeah, learning different you ways to code. Point, you're like, uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, you have to be like fluent. It's yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like in Japanese class, it was more obvious, where it's just one day, all of a sudden, the teacher wasn't speaking English anymore. Yeah. That was the big uh-oh moment for me. Yeah. Um, and in programming, it was like, all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, here's here's a well-thought-out thing that we want you to do. Now do it. I was like, oh, I have to I have to go back and think through all these different like loops that I was thinking about and the different statements and get the right grammar to make sure it doesn't mess up, um, which is sometimes even harder because in an actual language, I mean, we mess it up all the time oh, even yeah. in the English language where we'll mess grammar up, but people will still know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in Python, it won't know what you're it trying to say. Out, just yeah. error. I better know it fluently because actually I'm also then taking an independent study this semester that is about Python coding for actually unbiased search engines looking at localized transactional searches. So if you're trying to buy something nearby, what stores even have that? Mm-hmm. Going back even to the to the internship of how do you even find things? The internet has such a great connection, supposedly, but Google has a lot of bias in there. So that's kind of the independent study. And that's another Annenberg perk. You don't have to do a high-level course if you do an independent study. So I'm doing that one with a professor I really like. So Interesting. And how do you find things, Sam? Google. Just, you just Google? I saw something that was like, it, it shocked me. It was like more people were were finding things through TikTok mm-hmm. than Google, certain things, which surprised me because I would, I mean, maybe I'm just old, but I never would think to search for something on, like TikTok, I kind of let things come to me. Yeah. Rather than me thinking like, oh, let me search for this specific thing and find out information on it on TikTok. That's what I think of Google for, mm-hmm. though. But but apparently that's really growing for people to, to be searching for things like places to eat near me and TikTok. And then people coming up and be like, oh, I have this food. This food truck mm-hmm. is really great. And, and giving recommendations for the local area from TikTok because it has that personal human element. You know how I feel about humans. Even worse than I feel about artificial intelligence. I'm going to say, you're against AI and you're against humans? That's right. What are you for? Myself. (laughs) It has a lot lot to think about. Um, It made me think I was in um, a meeting earlier this week of uh, all the people at Penn who deal with social media and uh, some of the topics that we covered, including whether or not it's a good idea for Penn offices to have TikToks, which they had a lot of different feelings about. 
the number one uh, thing people were saying about that was they did they had security concerns, which you know I think it's valid. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, we were talking about in one of our staff meetings how some states have already banned TikTok on all state. I mean, I think it's already banned on federal networks and federal computers, but then also some states States, are starting to ban it. So there are college campuses that just block it on the Wi-Fi entirely, Um, which feels hard because it's such a integral part of it's so many ways around something like that too oh i mean yeah i mean just they, going on just going on your data right yeah and they even recommend that they say oh if you miss using tiktok just just yeah. use your 5g network yeah. or something um uh, you know we also i mean like these are things that honestly i wish that we talked about more as a university i mean i the you know, there's basically one guy over in University of Communications thinking about this kind of stuff, and he's fantastic, but he's just one guy, and Penn's a really decentralized place, so it's not his job to make policy of any kind outside of his own office. So there's not a lot of guidance, but we can have these discussions, and I find them really super valuable. I really liked the conversation that we had about tic- um, sorry about Twitter. I learned, uh, because I've personally stepped back from using Twitter, I learned a lot about uh, things that have been going on on Twitter that have actually uh, passed me by in the last couple of weeks, including uh, Twitter automatically identifying uh, if you work for a media outlet and automatically adding your employer name to your profile, which I find creepy. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's being done for benign purposes. <laughs> um so that was something to to think about and uh yeah there's just so much and there's there's so many things to consider uh and uh i wish we talked about it more is it indeed that has that commercial of like the the guy who who makes the tiktok resume and then like his mom likes it or something i think it's an indeed commercial i haven't seen it i think it's been out for a little while. i might be totally way it's, off. i mean it sounds completely plausible yeah i mean that's what i picture for what tick a bad tiktok might look like in my head is like some guy pointing to skills on a a tick a short a short tiktok like dancing while he's pointing to skills because that's what that commercial commercial right that doesn't seem particularly effective um well you and i talked about this the other day we've seen some peer institutions try and model that make like you know Dancing and pointing at things is a perfectly legitimate TikTok style, right? Like it is a thing that people do. Uh, it's not applicable to every scenario, however, and we've seen some peer institutions try and emulate that in their career services TikTok, and it's something we would not do. Maybe that's what the people want. Maybe. It's just not what I want. <laughs> Let's ask AI. Okay. I mean, Sam, do you want to see career services staff dancing and pointing at, like, resume tips? Yes, that's the only thing I want. All right. I need you to hit the whoa, Michael. I All right. hit it. We're going to do it. Dougie, dab the whole thing. Dab? Wow. Boom. What year is it? Do people still dab? No, but you guys are more age-appropriate. Wait oh, a second. Oh, You're leading us astray here. What about I'm a, young enough to see through what you. About, <laughs> what about a Fortnite dance? I don't know if you have the facilities for that. 
it's pretty it's pretty rhythmic man sam you see right through me <laughs> if you want to start flossing go ahead i'm in wow well i'm ending this podcast immediately <laughs> anything else natty what else should we be looking forward to besides me flossing you doing the luau no that no no that already happened that already happened that would be a good tiktok what no would it i think so anyway not a career services TikTok. <laughs> the reason I was talking about that commercial is it did get me thinking about how how social media presence presence does influence, like you mentioned earlier, like your digital footprint and how employers may view you. It might not be that you're sending them a specific TikTok or something like that, but it might be that they encounter your profile or you're just proud that you've created a brand yourself and yeah. that you have a lot of followers. And maybe that's something on your your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And then being aware of like what what types of things are you showcasing and how you go about those. And that could be a lot of things, right? It could be creativity. It could be storytelling. It could be personality. It could be communication skills. Um, could be dancing skills or something else. Like there's all sorts of different things that you could be conveying through those. Um, so it did get me interested in the idea of like basically show versus tell. And really you can literally show people things sometimes in a, in a TikTok that you wouldn't be able to show them in a resume, for example. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> this is, a, you know, again, come come to our March workshop. This is exactly the kind of things we're going to be talking about. But yeah, no, there's it, it can be a, a wonderful showcase in a way that just having something on a resume may not fully express. For sure, 100%. And yeah, using, I know, that certainly will be Joseph's point that if you can use LinkedIn as sort of a hub to point to other things that you've done, you know, link out to your TikTok or to your YouTube channel or embed stuff onto your LinkedIn page, they've gotten better at that. Then it's like having a little digital portfolio. Yeah, definitely. Well, so much to look forward to this year. Maybe me flossing, but probably not. Uh, we will see you on Friday in Houston Hall for the big spring career fair. And we will see you again next time on CS Radio. This podcast is presented by University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by Milan Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.